Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome back to the All Things Renovation Kitchen Series. Today, we're talking about appliances. They're a big element of a kitchen renovation and one that many people agonize over. Sizing of most standardized appliances is standardized, but uh, variations do exist, especially once we start getting into higher-end options. I often recommend that clients choose appliances early on in the process as they anchor the cabinetry layout, and these days there are so many options, be it for standard, high-end, or commercial and style options. And it can take a bit of time to figure out what makes and models you actually prefer. So let's start with refrigerators. Some of the features to consider in a fridge are whether you're gonna have a freestanding, a built-in, or an integrated version. Freestanding fridges are the ones we see pretty much in everybody's house. Uh, And they have sort of two main options. You can either get a counter depth one meaning that the fridge box itself is the same depth as your countertop before the doors, which means that it's usually about 24 inches deep, versus a standard depth, which meaning the the box of your fridge is actually around 30 inches deep, plus the door thicknesses. So it can stick out into the room quite a bit comparatively. Now, built-in versions are kind of the midpoint between a standard and an integrated option. And they basically have the effect of looking built into your cabinetry, but the doors still stick past the line of your your countertop. Now, integrated versions cost the most, and they are flush to the adjacent cabinetry, so they don't stick out at all, and they do the best job at camouflaging the appliance, especially when the panel-ready versions are chosen. If you're not going with a panel-ready option, uh, you then need to choose, do you want the exterior of the fridge to be white, black, or stainless steel. Uh, Another couple of options that we'd want to consider would be, are we going to have an ice and water feature uh, in there, whether it's internal or external. Some of them have doors that open and then you fill up your water. Others uh, have it without having to open your door at all. Um, And then what the internal configuration of the shelves and crispers and the bins and are we going to have milk jugs be able to fit in the door of the fridge. Now before we get into ranges, I want to explain a bit about panel ready and what that means. Basically panel ready means that the appliance comes without a finished front on it, be it um, a fridge or a dishwasher for instance, and that it can be clad with a custom panel basically to match your cabinetry doors or even a painted panel maybe with say blackboard chalk paint or something like that. Um, your cabinetry supplier, installer, or contractor will usually um, charge a little bit extra for installing them because they are a little bit challenging to get installed correctly. And honestly, we've cursed many a blue streak at engineers who've probably never actually installed one itself uh, on site, and uh, if ever, I would imagine. And uh, the instructions are usually fairly vague <laughs> that come with whatever appliance. So, so just be prepared to spend a little bit more little bit more money on this particular element but it really can be worth it um, as an effective design choice especially in a small space. 
All right, let's jump into the ranges now. Some of the features to consider for a range are what fuel type are we going to use? There's electric, there's gas, um, sort of a jump off of electric would be induction. From there, we're going to get into the number of burners. Your standard is four burners on your, on your cooktop. Uh, sometimes you can squeeze a five of them into a 30-inch wide range. Uh, once you get into uh, wanting five, six, uh, usually get into about a 36-inch width overall. Uh, and then are we going to have it be a slide-in or a freestanding style? Are we going to have a single or a double oven or even a warming drawer option within it? And then what kind of heat are we going to have within the oven? Uh, conventional or convection? So conventional, for those who don't know, is basically the heat uh, is stationary within the oven cavity. And a convection is where there's a fan in the back of the oven and it basically blows the heat around and it pr provides a little bit more of a consistent heat. So those of us who are bakers would probably really... Uh, uh, enjoy having a convection oven. Um, and then sometimes we can get a hybrid of all things because a lot of people like to cook with gas on the cooktop, but they really like the convection style uh, heat in an oven. So you can get a, what's called a dual fuel. And basically that allows us to have gas up top and uh, electric convection uh, for the oven. Uh, now, if you didn't want to have an all-in-one range, uh, a lot of people are opting to go with a cooktop and wall oven. So you, when you split up your range into two or more components, uh, it'll cost more in the end and it'll take up a little bit more space in your kitchen, but it can provide a customized functionality. And if you've got the real, if you've got the real estate in your kitchen to spare, it again can be a really good design element um, and helps to get more function out of your space. So uh, cooktops, they also come in electric, gas, or induction. Uh, you can get a various number of burners. Uh, higher end offerings come in uh, different uh, modules, if you will. You can get burners, grills, griddles, teppanaki grills, steamers, fryers, uh, depending on what brand you're choosing. Some of them uh, are maybe like 15 inches wide, and then they can range all the way up to 36 or, or wider. Uh, for wall ovens, again, they come in various sizes. Mine in my kitchen happens to be a European brand and it's only 24 inches wide, uh, but North American standard is about 30 inches. And again, they also come in various uh, types of fuel and uh, again, customize, or sorry, and then get uh, conventional or convection in style. Uh, you can also get steam options. Uh, you can have dou single, double, or more uh, all banked in a row. Uh, you can get uh, steam ovens as separate things from even your your traditional range. Uh, you can add a warming drawer in there. Uh, you could even try and get espresso machines in a, in a bank of appliances. So once you start getting into that type of setup, the sky is really the limit. You can really, really customize your uh, cooking ability to what your particular needs are. All right, so let's jump into dishwashers. So some of the features that you might want to consider in dishwashers would be the number and the rack configuration. So, um, you know, how do you like to put your plates and your bowls in there and how tall are your cups and where do you want to put your cutlery? A number of higher end brands have a third rack now just for cutlery. And it, um, it means you have to put your cutlery in a, in 
a little bit more of an organized fashion. You can't just kind of shove it in the little bins. But, uh, you know, a lot of people swear by it and they really enjoy the fact that all of their stuff gets really, really, really clean and you don't get any of the, you know, gunking together of the spoons that got stuck together from, say, mashed potatoes or something like that. Um, and then, of course, you have to choose where you want to have your controls for your dishwasher. Uh, in the past, they were always on the front and some of them now are on the top or just on the inside. Um, and dishwashers too can come with uh, panel ready options. Uh, and if you don't go with the panel ready option, there's a very um, various colors to choose from black, white, stainless steel are the most common. Uh, and another type of dishwasher is a, a drawer versus your your flip down door that you know is conventional and we see everywhere. Um, some people are opting to use both. So you would have a conventional flip down door style where your trays roll out and maybe they have a secondary drawer style one um, as backup if you're going to have a big event or family dinners often or any of that sort of thing. Um, some other people are actually choosing to have two dishwasher drawers in lieu of a conventional style one and they basically take dishes out of one to use them and put them dirty into the next one and move everything over and then vice versa when the opposite one is clean. Um, you can have a lot of fun with it, that's for sure. All right, so the next uh, appliance, if you want to call it that, would be a, a hood fan. Now, traditional hood fans are typically sort of triangular in shape and they protrude away from the cabinetry a little bit and they usually have an upper cabinet above um, and they have a little bit of a light you can turn it on or off and the fan speed can you know uh, medium speed high speed low speed um, and then we have a, another option which is called a built-in hood and they're integrated into the cabinetry so you don't really see it at all um, you can also choose a, a decorative chimney style, so it's wall-mounted or ceiling-mounted, and uh, they can be a really effective design element, maybe even with a tile going all the way up the back of it. Now, if you have a uh, an island or a peninsula where you have your, say, a cooktop in it or even a range, you can get what's called a downdraft fan. And basically what happens there is the, the fan itself just kind of pops out of the countertop James Bond style and um, vents out the house similarly, just uh, not up through the ceiling, it would be sort of down through the floor and out. Um, they tend to get a bit of a bad rap uh, with maybe not quite as effective extraction of uh, steam and smells and all that kind of thing. Um, and in this case, you really do get what you pay for. So you want to make sure if you're going to go with that option that you choose a really good quality uh, brand. Um, but they are a good option if you do have something in your peninsula or your island and you don't want to have your vision obstructed uh, when you're standing in front of your, your countertop and looking out to the rest of the room with this big hood fan sticking down in your, in your line of sight. Um, sometimes you'll see vent, the vented or non-vented options, and typically you want to have a vented option, uh, and by code you need one, but sometimes people just cannot get something to vent outside, so they need what's called the recirculating um, or self-circulating option and basically there's like these charcoal filters that you need to change out every now and then that basically absorb the moisture and the, and the cooking smells and all that kind of thing. Um, the main thing that you want to consider when you're looking at a fan is what the, the CF, CFMs are, which is basically the cubic feet 
per minute that the fan is extracting. So the higher the, the CFMs, the better the fan. Um, a little bit of a warning there, though, is sometimes you have a high CFM and it makes a lot of noise. So again, there you do kind of get what you pay for in way of, you know, getting the CFMs where you need them, but then also a little bit of noise reduction. Um, now I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about the microwave hood fan combos that you see a lot in condos, for instance. Um, typically asking this one appliance to do two things doesn't work out very well. <laughs> it's like a case of, you know, like you're, you're doing too many multitasking things and the appliance just really does not do well as a microwave and it really does not do well as an extraction fan. If you have the space and you're in a condo, I would highly recommend that you just choose two separate things and not try and do the combo deal. It just don't, you just don't get the, the function out of it that maybe that you would want. Um, all right, well, we've gone through the, the major appliances here. There are, there are microwaves and, and countertop appliances and a few other sort of specialized things, but I think we'll, you know, we'll just touch on these, these key ones for today. Um, and I, I, I know that with all of the options, uh, making a decision may feel overwhelming, but as always, refer to your foundational work and the parameters for the kitchen renovation plan that you set out um, so you don't end up drinking the Kool-Aid when you go to the showroom and get all starry-eyed about all these different options and things that maybe the uh, salesperson might be showing you. So really go back. You have to you know, keep in mind what your needs are. So you think, what are my needs? Do I do a lot of cooking uh, and baking from scratch? You know, Maybe I do need double ovens or maybe I do need a larger fridge or maybe a separate fridge and a freezer? Um, would any of those things make your life easier? Would it help you to function better in the kitchen? Um, you know, maybe that would be something to consider. The other big component is what is your budget? Now, I may covet like crazy an integrated fridge, but my budget would be busted if I did that. Say maybe that fridge would be like $10,000. Um, and now a fridge is something that you can easily change out in the future. And what I tell people sometimes, like if you do really want, say, that fancy integrated version um, and you just can't afford it right now, well, l let me know and let's look at what that particular brand and model would need as far as the size for the opening. And maybe we'll plan for that for the future. Maybe you buy something that's a little bit smaller or different now, but we, you know, we'll add some filler panels or... Um, what have you to kind of make the the more economical option still look good in the space, but it will free up um, the ability for you to change that out in the future as opposed to having to rip out a whole bunch of cabinetry and do, to, in order to do so. Um, now, another note on budget is that most appliance stores have showroom models or scratch and dent options or clearance centers. And sometimes you'll find great deals by checking these options out. Uh, when we redid our kitchen, I did shop around and I did find a whole bunch of these types of um, options available. And I took advantage of, a, of a, lot of the, a lot of those types of things. So it does, it does and it can save you a lot of money if you're patient and you can really isolate what it is you want and be prepared to kind of hunt around a little bit. Um, now also specific brands and stores often have promotions that you can take advantage of uh, throughout the year. So it pays to start looking around early and be on the lookout for 
you know, the flyers come into your door or things that you might see on TV. You know, I always say like around Christmas time, Boxing Day sales, end of year stuff is a really good time to go shopping for appliances. As normally, different stores are trying to get rid of their old stock so they can bring in new stock. Now, regardless of what appliance you buy, you've got to measure, measure, measure. Make sure it fits through your doors, your elevator, any other access points that you have into the house or the space. Can't tell you how many times we've had to take off a fridge door in order to get through a really narrow space or like lift an appliance way up and over a counter or something along those lines. We just, we don't want to be putting anybody in harm's way and giving them a hernia by having to lift a really heavy appliance too far. And I would also say that you should do a bit of research on each appliance you're considering. What is its rating? What do the reviews say? There's no point in buying a lemon just because it looks pretty. I did have a client one time say, oh, I know this this hood fan, it has a really bad review and it's not the best thing, but I really like how it looks and I'll just put up with um, poor function. I think that's sort of, <laughs> it's kind of like buying a pair of shoes that are way too tight for you. Like you're, you're just not going to enjoy wearing them very much and you're not going to want to use this hood fan very often if it doesn't function very well. Um, and I would also say don't be afraid to mix and match from different brands, especially if you are considering panel-ready versions. Not every appliance from a particular brand has great performance. So for instance, maybe a, uh, one brand of fridge is excellent, but maybe their dishwasher isn't, you know, doesn't rate very well. You can easily choose a different brand of dishwasher that does perform well and nobody will know the difference. Like no one's going to walk in your kitchen and go, oh, how come you chose two different brands of appliance? Like the, honestly, nobody's going to say that. Um you know, some, sometimes people are concerned about, well, if I'm all, if I'm doing all stainless steel appliances, won't I notice the difference between one person's stainless steel and another person's stainless steel? And to that, I would say oftentimes you don't have appliances that are being pushed right together. You don't have a fridge right next to a range, right next to a dishwasher. So, you know, you're not going to notice the slight difference between one a version of stainless steel for one appliance and another for a different one. Um, even if that was the case, I would still go for reliability and function over worrying too much about stainless steel colors. Um, now, as far as smart technology goes or, or integration for appliances, um, you know, I'm not overly convinced that it adds much value to my life, but many appliances do have options for it. And if you're somebody who's really jazzed about, you know, having Wi-Fi technology to be able to, I don't know, see inside your fridge when you're driving home from work that day, you know, go for it. Um, I, I don't know that it's for me, but appliances uh, companies are definitely jumping on that bandwagon. Um, my final thoughts on appliances are to not be tempted by gimmicks. And you should really go for well-established brands. Uh, you can't really go wrong when you choose a reliable, good brand that has been around for a while. Some of these new ones that come out um, or a little bit fly-by-night, maybe their warranties aren't as good, maybe their products aren't as good, and I'd be a little bit resistant to uh, spending a bunch of money on something that's not overly well-proven in the market. Thanks for joining us today, and be sure to listen to the other episodes in this series for more bite-sized information on all of the elements that go into renovating your drab-to-dream kitchen. And if you're ready to take the next steps, we are, of course, Happy to consult with you about your dream kitchen, so please re reach out and set up an initial consultation. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. 
We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for All Things Renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.